Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey there. Well, this is part two of Did I Choose the Right Spouse? What I Wish My Mama Would Have Taught Me. Let's get right into it. So last week we talked about some basic things like what I wish I would have been taught by my mama. (laughs) and some of the things that I mentioned was, you know, having, um, the understanding of attachment love versus hot slash new love. And also like not having sex because of all of the chemicals that happen in your body that really distract you from understanding the difference between attachment versus feelings and those goody emotions and chemicals that are happening in your body. And also like what else I wish I would have known was just that emotional piece, that emotional vulnerability, even knowing what that is, right? Like I didn't even know what the heck that was. I just knew that there was a certain way that I was picking somebody and that's all I knew. And some of it partially was attraction. Some of it was familiarity. And really what I needed was that emotional base. Um, The other thing that I said was to have the same values. I wish my mama would have told me to have the same values as the person that I was picking or having something similar, like our, our, not just our life goals in mind, but the really deep convictions that we have on life. And then also waiting that time period before, you know, I got married, you know, spending a couple years, three years waiting to get married to see if this person can build secure attachment with with me and if I could build secure attachment with them. Okay, so what else I wish my mama would have taught me about relationships and picking a partner? What I wish she would have taught me and uh, what my parents in general, I don't want to just say my mama. And by the way, she knows about this. I actually called her and said, can I, can I put this in my podcast? And she was like, yeah, go for it. So what I wish my parents would have taught me about choosing a partner, um, number six was to seek a relationship coach or a relationship, you know, a relationship therapist. And part of the reason why I want to mention this one is because you know, growing up in church, we would have premarital counseling, but I got to tell you, I don't even know what the heck that is or was. Uh, I think it's like basically a bunch of people who, you know, are pastors and who knows if they even have a good relationship going on themselves. Right. And they're trained to give us advice on how to have relationship. And I'm laughing because I specifically remember uh, we had our, in fact, God bless this man, like our old worship leader years ago. um, He was like very, he wanted to be invested in us and he wasn't our premarital uh, counselor, if you will, pastor, if you will. Um, But he handed us this book called The Act of Marriage. And it's all about like sex, I think. I don't know, I never even read it. It It's a super thick book. But now 
years and years later, after I've really learned about healthy sex, that's actually one of the, the most unhealthy um, so advice. Some of that advice in there is unhealthy. And so not to say that all of it is unhealthy. There are just bits and pieces that I read, you know, basically about like how, you know, men need to have sex every so often. They need to have that sexual release. Hey, which is a total lie, by the way. Um, but, you know, these are things that we were we were taught and these were in this, these were sections in the book. And so, um, that was one thing that I kind of skimmed over again. I didn't fully read that book. I think that that book made me uncomfortable from what I remember. And I'm not a person who's uncomfortable with the topic of sex. I actually am fine chit chatting about it quite a bit. And so, um, and I mean, like in the most healthy way, like I'm not talking about like in a perverse way, I just mean healthily discussing you know, about healthy sexuality and what it really means to, to get there. And so that's part of, you know, what I wish that I would have had was somebody that could actually sit down with me and talk to me about what does it take to be in a relationship? Are you guys compatible? What makes a couple compatible? Things like that. Instead of us just going and meeting with our pastor and hoping that they can give us enough advice to where we can have a relationship that lasts. And I think that it would be so beneficial if couples could have that marital counseling long before they go to even consider marriage, you know, or that coaching for a long period of time, several years before getting married. Because the thing is, is that when you get married, everything that you've had in your childhood ends up being reenacted in your marriage, which is awful. Like all the ways that you freeze or get angry as a kid and you did in your family of origin, you are going to reenact that in your marriage. It is true. And then you reenact it with your kids as well. So it's like living all your whole childhood again. Now, even if there's not the same abuse, like maybe you had abuse in childhood, maybe there's not that same thing, but you have ways of responding and relationship based on the things that happen in your childhood. So I know for us, if we, if I could just be super raw and honest, um, I'm the pursuer and my husband is the one who doesn't pursue. And so he moves away and that's a part of our way of attaching from when we were younger. You know, he's been avoidant attachment. I've had anxious, mostly I didn't have a lot of, a lot of anxious, all completely anxious growing up. I had some secure attachment, but I also had some anxious attachment that, that happened later. And then in my relationship with my husband, it became way more anxious due to betrayals that happened. And so he would freeze up. I would get angry and get louder and louder and he would freeze up even more and then fall asleep. And so these are the types of things that we should have discussed before we even got married with a therapist or a coach. That was like, to me, if I have anybody that I am meeting with now, I highly recommend to them, if you are not married yet, 
let's do several sessions of coaching before you get married so you can start working out those childhood wounding things before you get married and then your partner doesn't have to pay for those things that are left unhealed okay so that would be the next one um after that i literally wish my mom would have said or my dad um ask about their sexual history like and i did do this to an extent okay um in my mind because of all the you know all the things that societally were taught is like boys will be boys and this is number seven by the way um asking your partner about their sexual history i just want to make that clear i wish that i would have understood that for my future so i did ask my husband about his sexual history he told me some things he didn't tell me all things and the really hard thing about this is that you know because our society is so based on boys will be boys and this is just how they behave it was like when he told me his you know sexual history i was like oh wow okay well um i guess that that's probably over now because you know that's just in the past and you know also putting that spiritual layer on it giving grace to the person because you know they're probably changed but really i mean knowing a person's sexual history is really important and the reason why it's important is because their sexual history whether it's pornography use multiple partners hookup apps uh which is so huge now um all of those things depending on how frequent and what was happening with them it could be an addiction it could be a neural pathway issue it could be a hiding pattern with the addiction there's so many things that could be happening with that sexual history and if you're not aware of that or if they do tell you yes i've had a very extensive sexual history then really you want to get help if you if you'd like to marry this person you really want to get help and support before you walk down that aisle and the reason is because of what i kind of mentioned that those types of behaviors don't change i've told my 11 year old i've said to her many times whatever patterns you're starting right now whether that's avoiding or hiding um all of that can actually start your path down a very painful journey in your relationships and we even talked about sex like i've talked to my daughter about sex quite a bit because i really want her to understand what it was made for and what it was made for and i say this and i've said this many times is out of the birth out of connection it is not for connection it's from connection that we have sex and you know even explaining to her what happens inside your body when you're making out with somebody and you get those feely goods you know downstairs it's like this is real and when we haven't had the teaching about what sex is for 
And then we've had unhealthy ways of being sexually as a young person throughout our adult life. All of those things, all of those interactions sexually, all of those um, beliefs and neural pathways, they carry on throughout the marriage. They, the marriage will not fix that. The, it's like, um, kind of like if you heard my husband's story, you know, he said he believed that marriage would fix his, his issue. He thought being married to me would stop the issue. And just like me, I believed by getting married, that would fix my deep pain and aloneness. And it didn't. And so there were these unhealthy concepts and beliefs that we had about marriage and sex that carried over and caused a huge eruption and ripple effect because we didn't deal with those sexual issues, that sexual brokenness before we got married. We both kind of uh, subconsciously and never talked about this, believed that the marriage would fix those deeper issues. And kind of like what my husband said in his um, testimony, his sharing, his story, that you can't fix, uh, a marriage cannot fix shame. It actually exasperates it. It makes it like it puts a bigger spotlight on the shame. And so then you have to hide it even more. And so because of his sexual brokenness and his shame around that sexual brokenness, he had to cover it and hide it even more. A lot of the stuff that he was doing really was reenacting the way he was with his family. If you heard his story, you would hear he was doing the same, basically the same thing. He was afraid, afraid of disconnection and he had this behavioral pattern of how he used sexuality. And he was so afraid of disconnection from me, from his parents, that he didn't want that to be known because it would cause further disconnection from those that he loved. Sounds pretty wild, but you know what? When you are a young person and you've been exposed to pornography or sex, you've had any sort of sexual abuse, and that's another thing to discuss, by the way, um, all of that distorts your thinking. All of that um, distorts sexuality for you. And here's another quick little piece for you to kind of understand. So some of our core emotions um, link with lots of different things. And one of our core emotions is excitement. And when you are young and excitement um, is is also aroused with sexual excitement. Like let's say you're young and you and you're a child basically and you are exposed to pornography or you've had some sort of sexual abuse happen to you. Well, what now happens is sexual excitement and excitement become linked and it also becomes linked with disgust and shame. And so when you are excited like sexually, it's also, built in with shame and that disgust. Now, most people don't understand that. They're just, they just know that they're having that excitement, but it has to be in this certain way. And so um, one of the amazing things that my husband has said to me many times uh, in our discussions about his sexuality was his awakening was awoken with disgust, his sexual awakening. It became this imprint. And so you can't stop 
going back to that when excitement happens because now it's linked with that sexual excitement and the disgust they're all linked and paired together and when that happens the only way to undo that is by bringing that into relationship and undoing that really getting in there and undoing that and if you don't know anything about that or you don't know how to unlink that from your sexual history then you're going to go into marriage and you're going to think that marriage is going to fix that or solve that issue and it will not because the only way you can fix that is by going in and unpairing that disgust with the excitement that's happening i hope that makes sense to you and i know that was a lot of information but it is so important and vital to understand what happens to us when we have sex before we're, our brains are developed enough to even understand what it's for, or we've learned sex from pornography or from sexual abuse. It is so important to get help to unlink and detach all of that disgust and excite, sexual excitement and excitement from each other. So that way, when we do enter a relationship, with the person that we love the most, we can do that in a healthy way and build from a connected space where that person really knows us. And um, that way we can have sex in a healthy way, okay? So that's, that's number seven. Um, number eight, what I wish my parents would have told me. I wish, I wish that my parents would have talked to me more about boundaries. I actually really didn't know much about boundaries uh boundaries i i had a, internal boundaries right like i had a, i had internal boundaries like i wouldn't um you know go out and have an affair myself i wouldn't um you know do certain things that would cause harm to my family um you know i wouldn't do this or that because i had internal boundaries but when it came to how other people treated me I kind of lacked in some of that. Now, not fully, but I did lack to a degree. And so one of the things that I lacked was by helping other people. I mean, I would spend hours on the phone just helping people. And then I would get so mad because I would spend all these hours on the phone and then those people wouldn't take my advice, <laughs> you know? And I had no concept of boundaries. And after I really learned boundaries, I felt so empowered and boundaries are empowering. They help you feel safe within yourself. They help you feel empowered. They help you to have healthy relationships, healthy lifestyle. And I really wish I would have been taught this early on. I think that I could have done a lot better in my partner choosing if I had had boundaries. I probably wouldn't have tolerated some of the things that I did. I probably wouldn't have justified some of the things that were being said about, you know, my husband. I probably wouldn't have married him. I would have said, you know what, get help first. I love you, but like you need to get help first. Um, and I know that even sounds crazy to some because, you know, I've always been a person who loves the underdog, loves the person that people don't want to deal with. I've always spent many hours being in relationship with those people and loving on them and wanting to help them. And so for me, 
that would have been my normal. If I love you, like I want you to get help. I want you to get better. Um, does that mean that we'll get married? Maybe, maybe not. If you choose to get help and you change and you become like how you were actually designed to be, then that might be a possibility. But because I didn't have those boundaries, I wasn't able to say that. So I felt a little bit hopeless. Like I just need to, to marry this person and then everything will be better. And again, I was young. I didn't know. I didn't know what boundaries looked like in relationship. And really, I didn't even know what that, what that could look like in a marriage relationship. I just thought it was, oh, this is how it is. And I just have to tolerate it until I die. How horrible that, that was that place, how horrible it is to feel like you have no options because this person can treat you however they want. And you just have to stay because you believe that, you know, God is requiring that of you. Well, after a lot of betrayal, I began to realize, wait a minute, that actually wasn't the case that God did give me choices. He did give me boundaries and I just wasn't aware of that. Okay. So that's number eight. And lastly, number nine, which kind of goes with boundaries, but I feel like this one just kind of needs to be put out there on its own. So what I wish my parents would have told me before choosing a partner or I kind of like what my mama would have taught me um, was what I will and will not tolerate in marriage. And if we could even just for one second take off the big stuff off the shelf. I mean, I talk to women all the time, including I've been through this too, where there is like, you know, the wife is taking care of the kids, they're cleaning the house, they have a job, and the husband's coming home and he's just coming home and he takes out the trash. And that was my life for a really long time. Um, I remember like years ago, I would go do, I used to be a hairdresser and I did wedding hair and makeup and I would go for a whole Saturday and I had a booming business at this point for hair and makeup because where we live is wedding central. And so my business was booming and I was crazy busy on the weekends doing weddings and it was good money. And I would come home and, you know, the house would be a disaster and the kids wouldn't even be ready for the day. And at that point, I'm wanting to go out and play because I'm dressed up and ready to go. Um, and I remember just being so mad about it. And I had wished that there was another way to, you know, not tolerate that anymore. And as I've grown, I realized, because for the longest time I thought, I okay, I must be the problem, right? Like, because every woman deals with this, this is the conversation that every woman is talking about. We're having these same, you know, conversations over and over. And they're, they're similar and different in different ways. And I had realized, oh my gosh, I literally did not realize that, like, these were character deficiencies in my partner. And I didn't even know what character deficiencies were. And 
this, this type of thing is lack of adulthood. When somebody is not able to take care of their own house or take care of their children, this is a lack of adulthood. And so I began to explore that. And then I started creating boundaries around how I wanted to interact with my husband with that. And things have, have become, I mean, our, our whole marriage doesn't even look the same. Is it perfect? No. I mean, we still have a lot of pain from what happened, but we're on a trajectory now of things are shifting instead of them staying the same, they're actually shifting. And a lot of it is because I started putting my foot down and saying, I'm not going to tolerate this. Um, and here's the consequences for, uh, this behavior if it continues. And, you know, I, I used to think that that was, you know, me mothering. I thought, oh, if I, if I give consequences in marriage, then that means that I'm being a mother. And I realized, oh my gosh, it is so not like, like if you speed, you get a ticket. And not only do you get a ticket, if you get caught, you pay for that ticket. And sometimes you have to go to court. Sometimes you have to go to traffic school. And there's so many things that happen in life that are consequential. That doesn't mean that you, you're being parented. It means that here are the clear rules. And if those rules are not followed, then those, you know, there will be consequences to that. And so I, I really wish that I would have been taught like before, like, Melissa, what will you tolerate in marriage? What will you not tolerate? Like what's permissible? what's not permissible. I, I think that we just, we get married and we, we think that we're going to just become one. And let me tell you something. I didn't even feel like I was becoming with, one with my husband until probably the last six months, because it's taken us so long to get to the place where we've had to untangle all of the things that we grew up with in childhood and what pornography did and then the betrayal trauma i mean so many things that have had to transpire before i could even function normally in a marriage of how it should have been so with all that being said it's like if we don't even know what we will and we won't tolerate then when we get into marriage we're just expecting it to fall into place and then it doesn't go anyway we expected and we're just like baffled and then we're angry and we're bitter. And another thing I like to add to this, and I'm going to throw this out there is number 10 is I wish my mom and dad, my parents, my mama would have taught me that you'll have losses in your marriage and to grieve those losses. Like my marriage didn't turn out the way I wanted it. You guys, I, I didn't want to have this story. Maybe you have a story that you didn't want either. Maybe there's parts of your marriage that are, that are broken and you're choosing to stay married. Those parts of your story and your marriage have to be grieved in order to build something new. And I wish that I would have known that grief is a part of marriage. Not just necessarily like, oh, he might've died. No, I'm talking about literal grief for the losses that you've had. A lot of us women were taught that Disney, you know, way 
a lot of us were taught Disney porn. You know, it's going to be fantasy and it's going to be amazing and he's going to rescue us and his, we're going to ride off into the sunset. That didn't happen, you guys. I don't know one person that that happened to. So it's a huge loss. And with that loss, we have to grieve. And I wish that I would have known how to grieve for my losses in my marriage. It's taken me now three years to work through that. And it's still a process because a lot of damage happened because of all these things that I didn't know about marriage. A lot of these things I've had to grieve because I didn't know how to pick a life partner. And so if you find yourself in this same place too, you know, I just invite you as you think about the list of things that I've shared in this podcast in the last, what are your losses now? And if you haven't been married yet, what of these things have you considered now that you didn't consider before? And going forward, what will you do differently? Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach. Thank you.